a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Presidents of both political parties love to use the headline phrase that I will act when Congress will not. Uh, President Biden wants to use the power of the executive branch to do what Congress has not, take action on climate change. The question beyond the headline is, is what is done by executive decree undone by executive decree? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, after Senator Joe Manchin uh, did not go along with the climate change bill or components put into other bills, President Biden promised to take strong executive action. And while the president has many tools at his disposal, one he's considering, of course, is the power to declare a national climate emergency. Uh, This is another one of those just because you can. Does that mean you should? Uh, To help us break all of that down, Bonnie Bonnie Christian, a journalist uh, who writes on foreign policy, religion, criminal justice, civil liberties, and a host of other things. She's also the author, most recently, of Untrustworthy, The Knowledge Crisis, Breaking Our Brains, Polluting Our Politics, and Corrupting Christian Community. Uh, Bonnie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Your piece in uh, Reason was uh, absolutely fabulous. Not everything is a national emergency. Uh, Give us a little of the backstory in terms of where we are, what the president seems to be leaning towards, and what that all means in the end. Sure. So the piece came out last week, and it was uh, most directly inspired by a report from The Washington Post, which said that the the president was considering declaring a national emergency um, as soon as last week to address climate change because uh, Congress had not acted the way that he wanted. Um, Now, the day after that happened, the day after my piece came out, um, the president did hold a um, do some announcements on climate change and some executive actions, and a national emergency wasn't among them. Um, so he seems like he's holding off, at least for now, which I think is a good thing. Um, and the reason, as you alluded to, is that we have the National Emergencies Act uh, for a reason, um, and it is not that reason is not that the president can simply do whatever he wants whenever Congress does not act as he desires. Yeah, so let's get into that just a little bit uh, for our listeners in terms of the National Emergencies Act and and what presidents can and can't do uh, using that authority. Yeah, so the idea, the, the, the bill was passed in the 1970s, um, in 1976, and since then, the presidents have declared about 75 emergencies, um, citing the authority of that law. And around half of them, even though, so, though in some cases they're decades old, are still in effect today. And so the idea is that it's, it's a way for the president to take action under true national emergencies when Congress literally does not have time to act. And so something that we can think of as a, a very classic use um, of the of the act is the way it was intended would be like in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, right? Like that's a, it's clearly an emergency. Um, it clearly affects us on a national scale. And so that's a situation where it would make sense for the, the president to do some things by executive authority 
and that which he then, as the, the immediate emergency conditions settle down, he's supposed to submit to Congress for approval before he can keep doing them. Um, the way it's worked in practice, though, is that presidents from both parties have used them for things that are not emergencies, that do not necessarily um, concern strictly our nation. Um, and in cases where Congress had plenty of time to act and simply chose not to, um, or in some cases directly repudiated what the president wanted them to do. Uh, so let's get into that portion of the program, uh, because I, I do think there is a component of uh, Congress either abdicating uh, their job, not doing the things that they're supposed to, and, and then that sort of leads it to the executive branch, uh, who's usually all too eager to say, oh, well, if you're not going to use that, we'll, <laughs> we'll use that power. But the, the, the back-end ramifications of that of course, or that once the president acts by executive order or National Emergency Act, uh, people tend to file lawsuits and uh, they tend to work their way through the courts. And, and that's why it seems that the Supreme Court has become so hyper politicized uh, is that vicious circle of Congress not acting, presidents willing to act by that authority and lawsuits uh, seem to be the natural result. Yeah, I mean, I think you end up with one of two bad outcomes frequently. One, as I already mentioned, is these things stick around forever. Um, for example, uh, two of the ongoing executive or, or, excuse me, emergency declarations we have right now are about um, people undermining democracy in Zimbabwe and Belarus. And those were initially declared under the George W. Bush administration. President Biden recently re-upped them. They don't have a whole lot to do with the United States. I would not say that they at all fit the definition of a national emergency, but they're just hanging around. But on the other hand, as you mentioned, we also end up with situations where the president does something by executive action, whether that's under a normal executive order or under the National Emergencies Act, um, but it doesn't have the full force of, of a law the way that something passed through Congress and duly signed by the president does. And so when you have a new president come into office, if he wants to, he can simply undo that. Um, or it can be taken down in court as, you know, if the, if the courts decide that it exceeds the president's constitutional authority. And so that creates this um, real sense of uh, uncertainty of, you know, is this arrangement that we currently have really going to last? And we see that all the way from domestic programs out onto foreign policy with things like the Iran deal, um, where, you know, the President Trump came in and it just went away. And now there's this question of um, how long will, will deals that we make in foreign policy last? You know, whether you think that's a good deal or a bad deal, that uncertainty matters. Uh, I, I'm so glad you, you raised the uncertainty point because I think that impacts everything, Is it uh, whether that's a, an international agreement or whether it's just stability in a region or whether it's, it's businesses being able to plan and, and execute or even local governments being able to count on certain things uh, that might be undone by the, the next administration. And that uncertainty isn't good for for peace, it isn't good for prosperity, uh, it isn't good for economy, and it certainly isn't good for, for communities. Uh, as you mentioned, Bonnie, the, the president has held off a little bit, uh, I think, to the chagrin of some in his party uh, who want him to take that action and do it in a big way. Uh, what, what do you see on the horizon? What are you watching for in terms of indication, in terms of what the president may or may not do in the weeks ahead? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I think one thing that's been interesting about President Biden's tenure is as much as he has people from the left calling for things um, like court packing um, that are relatively radical or, or things like, um, you know, declaring a national emergency on climate. Um, he, for the most part, hasn't taken those um, more extreme actions. And that seems to be what's happened here as well. And so, you know, I don't know if that will last 
forever. I don't know if it will last, uh, for example, if he, um, what he decides to do about 2024, whether or not he decides to run. Um, right now, it seems like he will, but that could change and that, you know, his, his election prospects could change those calculations. Um, for now, at least he's held off and I think it remains to be seen what he does next. Uh, great insight. Bonnie Christian, a journalist, again, who writes on foreign policy, religion, criminal justice, and a host of other things. Uh, also uh, the author of Untrustworthy. And I'm going to have you back to talk about this, Bonnie, because this is really intriguing to me. Uh, the knowledge crisis, breaking our brains, polluting our politics, and corrupting Christian community. Uh, Bonnie, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you again. Uh, so some great insight there from Bonnie Christian. Uh, again, her piece in Reason, uh, Reason.com uh, is a great one. It's, it's one we often allude to in terms of these core principles uh, and this idea that you can just declare a national emergency on something that isn't a national emergency as it relates to can it be debated in front of Congress? Uh, is there a long-term solution? Is there going to be stability? Uh, will this create more uncertainty? Uh, because the next administration, again, Democrat or Republican doesn't matter, uh, that could just get rid of it by the same stroke of a pen. Uh, that's not good because that's not the way the system was set up to run. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what the Biden administration chooses to do under uh, mounting pressure from the left. Uh, Bonnie also alluded to the fact that President Biden has held his own uh, against the, the left wing of his party in terms of some of these more radical actions uh, that I think would, would not be healthy, would not be positive. And so we'll continue to watch what the president does as it relates to climate. Uh, we're going to have a really interesting conversation talking about electric dreams uh, coming up next. And uh, that will be an interesting one for us all to think again on as well. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.